Welcome to the show, guys. Today we are going to talk about God's goodness in the midst of grief. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Hey guys, so sorry for the delay in between episodes, but we had a little bit of a rough week, I guess you could say, week and a half, and that's actually what I want to chat about today because I had just a revelation through some grief that we walked through, and I just was encouraged by it and in the midst of sadness and wanted to share it with you guys because it is a lesson Holy Spirit is teaching me and has been teaching me, and I'm sure we can all benefit from finding joy in the midst of sorrow or you know, why are bad things happening? Why is the world bad? Why do we have to go through hard things? All of these things. I kind of got some revelation through this journey this last week and a half. And where we're at as a family is we had to say goodbye to our doggie, one of our doggies. And our my first dog, our oldest dog, his name's Harper. Yes, he is a boy with a girl's name, but he is named after Ben Harper, who is a musician. And 12 and a half years ago when we named him Harper, Harper was not a very common name at all, and so it wasn't as strange. All that to say, um, we've had this dog for 12 and a half years. We got him when he was like seven weeks old. Um, My husband and I were newly married, and he was our tax refund pup. (laughs) And our first child, I called him my firstborn boy. And it is, if you are a dog person, I don't need to explain any further. If you are not a dog person, it's hard to understand what I'm going to share about this grief that we're, we're walking through. It might sound like just a dog, but if you know me or if you have a dog, you know it's not just a dog. And in our case, yes, he we had him a really long time and he was our child before we had children. And, um, you know, we we he's in the house with us. He sleeps in the house. He goes on a lot of our trips. We've been in 35 states as a family. He's been in at least 32 of those states with us. So um, he's our go dog. And he is coupled with our other golden retriever, Ruger. He's a golden retriever, if that adds to the picture for you of how great this dog is. Um, We got Ruger one year after Harper. So Harper and Ruger have been our two go dogs, our buddies, you know, our children, etc. I called Ruger the middle child because he came into the picture when I was about six months pregnant with our first babe. And so Ruger's my little middle child. And then recently, um, 2020, we participated in the puppy rush and got a puppy. And she is also a golden retriever. And her name is Scarlett. And she is the beginning of the second generation that we knew was coming. You know, as you have dogs and as they're getting older, 
I, I mean, there's literally a song lyric we've been listening to that good old dogs don't live long, don't live long enough. And that is the truth. And so we knew, you know, he's getting older. Both of them are. Um, we desired because we live on property for the new generation to come in so that the old dogs could teach the new dogs old tricks, so to speak, make sure they know where to poop and not to wander off the farm. And I'm telling you, that's exactly how it worked and went down. And, um, you know, we will actually, we are, we will get a new golden puppy to complete because I do want to always have two goldens. Um, and you know, we're kind of in the transition phase, if you will, between the older generation of our dogs and the, the new generation of our dogs. And there's beauty in that and there's blessing in that and excitement and joy and all those things. But there's also just a tremendous amount of sorrow and grief as you say goodbye to any, anything that you've shared your life with or known a long time, or, um, you know, it could be a cat or a bird or whatever pet, if you've had a pet, then you get it, you know. And um, I found this time approaching grief because it is not the first time that I have walked through hard things. I've lost my dad. I've lost grandparents. You know, I've lost friendships. I've moved and there's grief in that and, you know, life change and heartbreak. And there's a lot that we walk through in terms of grief. And, and it can be hard to walk through hard things and stay anchored and, and dependent upon God and to stay focused on who he is and his goodness in the midst of bad things and also to stay anchored in gratitude, which is a weird thing to say in the midst of all this. But last night at our church group, my dearest friend, um, Tori, said that, you know, she's she's been with me in my faith walk since basically the very humble beginnings. Um, for those of you who don't know yet, I used to be an atheist. I grew up just absolutely with no relationship with God and was saved, you know, basically about 10 years ago. And... Um, so I have this, you know, this place that I've come from and the journey that I've been on. And I do want to talk a little bit more about that incoming podcasts as a suggestion from one of my loyal, loyal listeners. But um, in terms of Tori coming in at the kind of towards the beginning of that journey and, and watching, it's great when she gives me these little glimpses from of what she has seen from the outside that, you know, this is a time that I'm walking through something hard. Um, she and I have walked through lots of hard things doing life beside each other. And this is a time where she's recognizing I am on a firm foundation. This is the first time. And there's a wonderful song by Cody Carnes and he's, um, goes to our church. He's a great, great guy, great songwriter, um, great Christian performer called Firm Foundations. You've got to listen. I'll link it in the show notes, but it is just, it has been an anthem for me this last 12 months. Um, even walking through some health stuff and waiting for different results from doctors and whatnot. Man, if I'm not belting that song out in the shower or listening to it on repeat as I'm driving or what have you, but um, the lyrics of that song or some of the lyrics are, rain came, wind blew, but I built my house on you. And it's just a reminder that hard times come, period, end of story. We live in a fallen, broken, sinful, cursed world on this side and 
there are hard things. And it is hard to remember and to realize and recognize that God is the author or allower of all of those hard things. And this is an important thing for Christians to remember that we often will claim every single good thing as a gift from God, which is true. All good things, you know, all good and perfect gifts come from God. But we sometimes discredit any bad things, like we don't put any weight in God's corner for the bad things. We just blame Satan or the curse or what have you. And that's also true. Satan is real. He is on the move. And we lived in a cursed world, so absolutely bad things are to blame for that. However, God allows and authors all those bad things too. And so it's hard to hold that reality in your hand while you're walking through the hard thing to know that God allowed this or God you know, wrote this as part of my story. But that's when you anchor into that firm foundation and you recognize the character of God and you, you have taken the time to know who he is and that he is for you and he is good and his character is unchanging. And if there is a hard thing and you know that he authored it or allowed it, then you can also lean into the fact that it is for your good, even if it's hard. Because we know that hard things can often be very much a part of our character development. You know, James is all about that. The book of James is all about hard things and navigating hard things and persevering through hard things. And that there is no other way. I mean, think of it, there's multiple references in the Bible to the refiner's fire, right? That the only way you get a purer gold or silver is through fire, is through that pur purification process that allows for those impurities to be brought to the surface and eliminated, right? So there's no way through this life, there's no way to a better character development, a more, um, a wiser version of yourself, all of these things, like the very first book I contributed to was called Success Through Failure, right? All good things come on the other side of hard things. I mean, think of having a baby. You got to go through labor <laughs> to get to the good thing, to the baby. You got to go through pregnancy, which for a lot of people is a really, really long and hard thing to get to the, the baby at the other side, right? Almost always, I can't think of any examples of uh, any exceptions. You have to go through hard things to get to the good things. And when you're in the hard thing, Sometimes it feels like this is unfair or this is unnecessary or why, Lord, is this happening or what have you. And I will say, and I'm glad that my friend Tori was able to bring this just to my, my forefront last night. I, this is a time where I've been able to walk all the way through it without asking why, with just trusting in God's goodness and leaning into him to help me get through it because it is devastating and it is so hard. And I feel like I have in so many ways, like an aging parent or something over these last couple of weeks, um, as he's kind of taken this steep decline. I mean, he's been, we've been calling him an old gold for, you know, two years, three years, like he's just been slowing down. And so is Ruger. They're not too far apart in age. Right. And so it it's not unexpected when someone who's lived a great life and has had so many blessings and has blessed your life and has been such a great companion. I mean, it's sad, but it's not unexpected 
However, you never expect when it's like that moment when we're coming to it. And over, um, gosh, as I'm recording this, um, it was one week ago today that we had to um, put him down. But just if not even a week before that was when I really realized, oh my gosh, we are at the end of this story with this dog that I love so much. And it was, um, you know, just a, a old dog, weak, weak hips, struggling to get up off the ground. That went on for a little while, but you know, he's on a medication to help with that. And he kind of recovers a little bit and you get, you gain some ground. You think you've pushed off the inevitable another year, hopefully, maybe you just never know. But, um, gosh, about a week before we decided to, um, put him to sleep, he went out one morning before church and I kind of had to, sometimes I have to help him to get up off the floor for that first time after the nighttime of laying, you know, throughout the night. And he went out to go to the bathroom and he just sat right down in his poop. Um, couldn't hold up his butt end as he was going to the bathroom. And oh my gosh, my heart just broke. I immediately started crying and came inside. My kids were not awake yet, but you know, just went to my husband. It was just, I just knew and it's so hard, you know, it's just so sad because you never want to, I mean, it is a beautiful blessing and a mercy what we are, what we do for our, our dogs and um, our pets, you know, that we don't do for our, our humans in this, you know, peaceful departing that we allow for them. And gosh, not to be on a um, tangent, but in, in school, you know, my grandmother died of Lou Gehrig's disease right as I was in high school. She died just as I graduated. And I, every time there was an opportunity for a speech or for a persuasive essay or whatever, I would write on euthanasia and, and, and argue for it in humans because I just recognized how, uh, how terrible death can be for humans and how just terrible, um, the dying process or the illness can be and how much mercy there is to offer in something like euthanasia. However, I feel completely different about that now as a believer and, and fully trust God and his timing and his plan. And I would never short circuit that in a human. I think it's a little bit different for dogs, but I, I think that it is a mercy. However, I never want wanted or still do I want to have to make that choice, right? To, of when is it time? When is it too much? And, you know, they can't communicate to us. I don't know how much pain he's in. I don't know what he's experiencing, what anxiety. I can't explain it to him. I mean, it is just sad and hard. There's no way around it. And after that Sunday, we went to church and I, gosh, I got to church. I was leading a team at church and one of my friends came up and just, you know, how's it going this morning? And I just, ah, you know, broke into tears, which I'm not really a crier, definitely not um, like in any kind of public setting. So that was a little unusual. We prayed and, um, you know, it, it was a time again where I wasn't praying for healing. Like I, I was praying for pain to be removed, but I know like we're at the end. This is the end. Like he's old. He's an old dog. So it's not, it wasn't just about like, Lord, give me more time and a selfish approach to this prayer, but just that, Lord, I trust you. I trust your plan. I trust this, this process, whatever it's going to be, whatever. I just need you to guide me. And I'm, I'm ready to walk with you through it. That is not how I usually approach grief or anything like this. 
So I could recognize some maturing in that, in the spirit, in myself, and, and you know, didn't I'm recognizing that more as I'm reflecting on this. But then the next couple of days, you know, Monday night, Tuesday night, I'm sitting up with him through the night. I can tell he's declining very quickly. Um, there, you know, there was a little bit of complication. Our vet's father passed away the same week, and so he was not as available to see Harper. Not that I wanted to take Harper to the vet a bunch of times. It was hard enough to get him up on his feet, let alone in and out of the car, whatever. We were hoping for the vet to be able to come to us, but because he had this death in the family, it, it just was complicated, and it almost was like, I feel like we're just delaying this based on complications at this point and preferences and all of that. And um, on uh, Wednesday night, as we knew we were going to have to say goodbye on Thursday, everybody, my kids and my husband and I slept in the living room with Harper. Um, And it was, you know, it's this sweet time if you've ever had to, you know, say goodbye to a loved one who's dying and you know they're dying. There's a blessing in that. It's hard, it's terrible, it's awful in all the obvious ways, but there's blessing in the um, opportunity to say what you want to say, do what you want to do, give what you want to give, remember what you want to remember, reflect on what you want to reflect on, and I feel grateful for that time. And in those nights before that I was staying up at night, I, you know, one time he tried to get up and he couldn't really get up, and so I had to get up out of bed real quick and help him and he wanted to go outside and we took we went outside and then he's just laying down in the grass and he wouldn't come back inside and it was like two in the morning and I'm sitting out in my yard with my dog and I'm crying and just you know talking to him talking to God and just having this um, again recognizing that my prayer is not for my heart's desire like I'm not praying for Lord give him more time with me I was praying like Lord if it's time, take him. Like, just let it be done. Take him. Let him be at peace. Let him be out of pain. Again, this is not always the prayer we pray in these moments, you know? And I was praying for God to help me through this. Let me let go. Help me to let go. Um, Help me to navigate through my children's grief and my own grief and all of the things and just praying for that. And trusting that God is the provider of those things and that he has this planned out. And this can be terrible and only filled with tragedy and sorrow. Or this can be sad, but also joyful and, um, you know, peaceful. Like this can be good things and bad things at the same time. And, and Holy Spirit was really doing a work in my heart in those days of preparation based on the foundation I had already laid in who God is. So I guess what I'm getting around to through this story is the importance of that prioritization of knowing who God is, knowing the word of God, because the word of God tells you who the character of God is. And when you know the character of God, you can trust God, even in the hard things. And your first prayers will become not that of selfish nature, but it it will be in alignment with God's will. Is that not the goal? That's certainly the goal for me is to pray prayers that are already aligned with God's will, with what God has 
that is for my best, right? I know that his ways are better than my ways. And so frequently we are tempted to pray for our ways, our selfish desires. That's the only way that I could think of it because for me to pray for Harper to stick around longer would only be for my own selfish desires because I wanted more time on this side of eternity with this animal. And it would be foregoing the fact that he was in pain or the fact that he was suffering, but only a prayer that aligned with my selfish desire. But instead, because of the work that I've done and that Holy Spirit has done in me to prioritize my relationship with God, I can rest on that foundation of, I know that you are good and your ways are higher than my ways. So just light the path, like show me what to do and I will do it. Let me know what to pray and I will pray it. And that is what comes out in those moments of hard, in those moments of, of grief and trial. And in as we're navigating those last handful of days and I felt myself getting emotional, which was often and still is, honestly, I have not gone a day without crying yet. In those moments of emotion overwhelming you, my first instinct was to pray prayers of gratitude for the time I had and not sorrow and, and anger or, um, you know, denial or all of those stages of grief that are there. And I had moments of them for sure, but it was never an accusation against God. It was never a, why are you doing this Lord? You can't be good. Why is it this way? Why is it that we only get this much time with these animals? Why is it so hard? Why is, am I going to have to do this with my kids? Why couldn't it be when they were older? Blah, blah, blah. None of those things crossed my mind. It was all a gratitude of thank you, Lord, for the life you've given us. Thank you for the life of this dog, for the memories we have, for the joy we had. It was all prayers of gratitude. And it comes again back to the foundation of knowing who God is. And it just elicits a response in you that is involuntary because we're going to, or I should say the appropriate response in you that's involuntary because we have involuntary responses. That's where anger comes from. That's where um, outbursts or, you know, questioning God or defaulting to God's not good when bad things happen. That's, he couldn't be good if I'm walking through this, right? Those are default responses of grief and they're normal and natural. This isn't about shaming, but they're evidence of a need for a firmer foundation in who God is, right? And again, I have walked through grief and stumbled all over the place. And I recognize that losing a dog may or may not be as serious as losing a person. I'll say that, although it feels that same weight to me based on who I am and who our family is, it feels the same weight, but I'll recognize and concede that. But this is just the first time that I've really been anchored in that and anchored in to the gratitude of the time I had as opposed to a anger or a frustration in the time I felt like I was losing. And that brings about a peace and that brings about a healing that comes faster and a, a healing that's filled with more uh, peace, basically, on, on that front. So I'm grateful for that. I'm really still very sad. Um, obviously there's just a hole. And again, if you have a dog, you know, I, I think the hardest part is, is, um, that he's just not here, you know, like he's not where he usually lays and he's not there when I come home. And 
it's like the ongoing gut punch that comes with these sorts of losses where you're like, that's just the worst part. It's like, I don't even want to go home because he's not going to be there when I get home. So there's that. And of course, Ruger, this is so sad. And this is just to me evidence of just a creator who cares deeply about his creation is my sweet Ruger, my other dog, who has not known a day of his life basically without Harper as his buddy has broken out in a complete rash and is just a complete anxious wreck, which is of course making it extra hard on me and, and extra sad because I'm sad and he's sad and I'm like, I, so I'm sad with you. Like I don't even, I would be breaking out in a rash if I were you too. So, but he was in the vet yesterday and he just seems to be beside himself. He's on a couple of medications now just for the rash and the inflammation and the anxiety that he's walking through. And I laugh because I'm just like, they're, they're these like caring, intuitive beings also, right? Of course, of course they are. Um, it's a process. It's a journey. It is not easy. It never is easier. It's just a matter of um, the lens through which you're looking. And my encouragement and the lesson and the conclusion here is get to know who God is, get into the word of God, understand the character of our father because he is so good and he's so caring and he's so in the details and he's there in the middle of the night when you're crying out over a dog, when you recognize in your brain, this is a dog, Lord, like why am I so upset over a dog? And he knows and ministers to your heart that it's not just a dog, it's a it's a, a experience of the human <laughs> of the human experience that is it is the human experience to love these animals to love others to feel connection with other created beings right and that he is there in that and that he recognizes that and has mercy and grace for that too and that the more you lean into him in those moments the more you see the beauty the you feel the peace and you experience the gratitude for what was and not just what isn't going to be anymore right the the trauma of what isn't going to be anymore you're more anchored into the gratitude so that's my conclusion and my lesson and and what i'm learning right now and what we're walking in and so i'm grateful for i know there's been a ton of prayer and love you know from my dear people and friends and listeners and whatnot and I'm very grateful I feel all that and uh, thank you for the grace to just have a little bit of time to deal with that I have not felt like talking about anything it just has felt really busy and crazy and also you know it's so funny and this is so weird but there's there's never a good time but we were just walking into like the end of this month would be a really atrocious time to have to navigate a, a really really sick animal because we will be gone for a week with a pet sitter <laughs> that would be way too much we would probably have to cancel things and rearrange schedules and and vacations that we've had and been looking forward to we're walking into church conference and god is so hilarious right we have church conference this next week coming up and we started a fast coming into conference, a 10 day fast. The day that we had to put Harper to, to sleep was the first day of the fast. And here I am praying for healing um, just in my own body is kind of the intentionality behind my fast. And I'm like, really would this all align? Like it's, it's hilarious in the irony of like, I'm praying for healing as I'm like, 
dealing with a sick dog and putting him to sleep. I am needing to fast starting the day that I am grieving terribly and the, the basically the beginning of my grieving process. None of this is accidental. And these are all options where I could have gone, I'm not doing it, Lord. I'm not leaning into you. I'm rejecting this fast, even though I know you called me to do it. I don't feel like going to conference. I don't want to worship right now. I don't want to be focused on the goodness of God, but it's exactly the opposite for me. I'm like, Lord, I know that you did this on purpose. And I know that I'm supposed to lean in right now and not lean away in the midst of my grief. And I know I'm supposed to overcome my flesh in this time and lean into a fast when I want to just get eat ice cream and, you know, do all the terrible things that we like to do when we're <laughs> grieving. And I, I know that you have me going into conference where I'm going to sing and worship and listen to how great you are and the plans you have for us, as opposed to reject you and distance myself from you and, and wonder why you even let me have dogs when you're going to break my heart like you do. It's all flipped this time. It's all different this time. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for the time you're, you know, it says that God's word never comes back void. And this is that moment for me where I'm like the time that I've spent over the last two years daily pouring into the word, knowing who God is, understanding the story of scripture, understanding who Jesus is, what is the plan for our future and revelation and all of those things being very intentional has really just flipped the script and allowed me to walk through this in a completely different way. So that's my challenge for you guys is to step up to that plate and prepare yourself ahead of time and lean in when you want to lean away and recognize there's gratitude in places where you just didn't even think there was gratitude and, and understand that you can hold both joy and tremendous grief in the same hands at the same time and, and that that can be the beautiful part about anything that we have to walk through. There's sadness and there's um, joy in the midst of it. And as things would go on this farm and you might think that you're a... Um, that you would never do this, and I'm the person that would never have done this, but my husband is the opposite person, and he won this time. But um, as is the case on our farm and in the world, I'm sure, when something passes away on the farm, which is frequent, we have a lot of animals here, something is born, and we don't always know what's pregnant on the farm, be it kittens or eggs that are hatched in a nest we didn't even know about, or a cow that gives birth, or a goat, or, or who knows where a life is going to come from on this farm. But in the same way that, in the same week that we had to let go of Harper, a new baby doggy was born, and um, that will be our future baby doggy. So yes, we did immediately go and find a new baby puppy um, that we're going to we're going to bring home at the end of next month. And um, again, there's, there's two things happening. There's conflict in that of just like, oh, of course, there's no replacing Harper. That's not what this is about. Is this dishonoring to this dog that I loved? Is this dishonoring to the process of grief? And then also on the other side, having just joy and expectation and and, you know, looking so forward to this new puppy and the, all that comes with that, the laughter and the funniness and the trials and the work and the late nights and early mornings and all the things that come with the puppy, just having that mixture and going, you know what, it's okay that there's a mixture, that I have feelings that contradict each other, that are feeling like they're in conflict. 
Um, but he was born in the same week that we had to say goodbye to Harper. And there's a sweetness in that too, that life goes on and God is good and he is faithful to meet you where you're at and, and put those pieces back, not in the same way. It's kind of like when a vase breaks and you pick up all the pieces, you can glue that vase back together and it is never going to fit together the same way that it was originally designed. We are broken. And every time our heart breaks, we're a little bit more chipped and shattered and broken. But you can glue those pieces back together and, and it's a different vase, but no less beautiful oftentimes, right? When you, I'm picturing like a mosaic type um, artistic creation there, right? Like that's, that's us. That's our life is God can pick up those pieces that are broken and put you back together in something even more beautiful, still the same thing, but just changed in a new way, right? Ready to serve a new purpose. So that's where we're at. That's what we're walking through. And I hope that that's you. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father, thank you so much for the lessons that you're always teaching me and teaching all of us, Lord. We just praise your name in the midst of sorrow and glorify you in the midst of our grief, Lord. And we are just anchored in gratitude for what you have done and move towards being more and more anchored in your character so that we can hold tight to your goodness through hard times, Lord. We ask these things in your son's name. Amen.